This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom. Uh, as you are listening to Ring of Honor Revelry, I'm assuming you know that by now. However, uh, I do have, going back here a little bit, a uh, little old school in Ring of uh, Ring of Honor Revelry here, but we've got uh, Mr. Too Slow Will. Um, well, not Will's too slow. You're too slow. He forgot the year part in there. But Will, how are you tonight, my friend? I don't know. I'm I'm feeling ready to be too, too slow. I'm uh I am ready to to kick back on last Thursday as people are listening to this. And uh yeah, enjoy uh you know, we have, we got the the it's it's not one of the brutal holidays, right? Like Labor Day is not a brutal holiday, but it is a day where you know, kids are off of school, and because of the town I work in, we actually get a little busier when school starts. Because I'm not used to working in a town where the people leave for vacations. I'm used to working in places where the people are going on vacation. Mm. So I'm used to being like that Thursday through Monday, just like boom, 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 boom. Whereas now it's like everybody go. Yeah, so, kids are back school i never leave work people joke about me setting up a little uh you know a little uh, air mattress up in a up in one of the offices <laughs> yeah yeah well if it gets to the point where we're recording episodes at your work then i'm gonna get really worried but uh yeah will and i were a little refreshed uh last week was a little uh interesting but yeah, we're 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 feeling refreshed. Tom is wearing a very, very nice switchblade. Right, that's a is that a stiff? That's a stiff blade. No, no. this is this is United Empire. No, the blacksmith. Company, blacksmith. Who made the shirt? Blacksmith. blacksmith. Yeah. Not stiff. Not not uh not the other one. My bad. Yep. Blacksmith. blacksmith yep. The, as the United Empire. After, uh, um, as referenced on our uh, watch along with Trent, where we watched the Silas Young Michael Elgin 60 minute masterpiece, um, I went and bought this shirt, I think, the next day. And I finally got it today. But I did ship from England, though. So, I mean, it's not. And this was a pre order. Quality takes time. Yeah. And these are all handmade. And, uh, you know, Will Osprey's biting my shit because he wore the same shirt on national TV. He's like, well, I'm going to get the jump on Tom here because I know he's got it, so. 
it is what it is, you know. But uh, yeah. Other you know, than that, you know what else? Uh, I, I was going to use that to segue. Not only do you have a nice new United Empire shirt, you also got some some mail from yours truly. Oh, that's a good uh, that's a good. What do they call it? Will uh, not transition. Segway. Uh, yes. You, uh, got, you got a little parcel. I, I sent a little care package to my buddy Tom, also courtesy of my friend Josh Olson of Gimmick Press. Yep, I do have uh, first here. Listen, I got this package from Michigan. Though, and I'd, I'd ordered a bunch of shit recently. I'm like, I didn't order anything from fucking Michigan. Uh, but yeah, and then I opened it up and I figured out, yeah, I got a three-way dance as reference, as we talked about before. Um, you know, Gimmick Press presents a collection of professional wrestling literature um, featuring Michael Chin. Obviously, I really do enjoy uh, his work. Frankie Metro and Brian Rosenberg, the Rule Breakers Alphabet. That's kind of cool. So, yeah. So, I will say that some of the Mike Chin stuff in that might be a little familiar because you've read the longer version. I have. So. Yeah. You'll, 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 you'll see some stuff that'll be like, ooh, this seems kind of familiar. And then you've got two other pieces that are hopefully entirely brand new. So I saw this earlier. Um, I want to bring this up. So an abbreviated history of gay men and men portrayed as gay in professional wrestling. 1958, Pat Patterson debuted as Pretty Boy. He wore pastel pink trunks and wore crimson lipstick for his matches. 1992! Holy shit, 34 years later is the next entry. Uh, Nails, I did not, yeah. So, I thought that looked kind of funny. So, it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm glad, now I'm glad it's well represented. Um, and I did forget to mention in this week's Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, uh, the Effie's Gay Brunch is going on this weekend, and uh, a lot of friends of the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I know it's a separate podcast, but these are all my podcasts or our podcast. It is. They're, they're doing a, a Midwest versus East Coast match. Yeah, and uh, former guest of uh, Chop on Pie Five Town, the Moondog Murray, will be in that match. So I am looking forward to that. And also, one of the other combatants, uh, Mateo Valentine, hopefully a future guest, uh, is wrestling Silas Young for fourth wall wrestling coming up here. So a lot of hot action here in the Midwest. Um, but this is not a Midwestern Wrestling Roundup uh, podcast. But in the other book Will sent me here, uh, Working Stiff, because we had talked about this a bunch, and this has really, really intrigued me. Uh, but Working Stiff, the Anthology of Professional Wrestling Literature and Art. So, okay, this is a big one. It's, so. it's a big one. It's it, that's a like I said, that's a like a coffee table book. You, you, you I, I myself need to order a new copy because the copy I have the the edge is uh is curled up from reviewing, carrying around, lending out. So I need like a new copy to like the the presentation copyright. It's like. The, the copy the teacher hands out to students versus the copy the teacher actually like, has in their hand. <laughs> yeah. So Mine's mean, all marked up and bent. <laughs> yeah. So when you say the edge, you mean the edge of the book, not the edge uh, guitarist for you too, right? Ooh. Correct. See what I did there? Yeah. Correct. You thought I was going to go with the wrestler. Yeah, I'm, uh, 
you th- I think you know, you know, I think I know somebody. And then <laughs> Um I saw you two once in concert. Paid 105 bucks a piece for those tickets. It's fifth wow. row though. Fifth row. I got a free I got a free album from them on my iTunes once. It's such a pain. I didn't listen to it, but I had it. Yeah. I was glad my iTunes by then was not connected to the internet, so Faith is so mad when she got the there. Only, like, the only U2 album I have ever purchased and listened to in entirety was, uh, what was it called? Give me a year. It's the one that had, it had like Vertigo. It came out. Was it How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb or something like that? Oh, I don't even know that. This one. would have been like 2001, 2002, or something like that. Kind of in that ballpark, yeah. I would have been in like kind of middle school, going into high school. So we're talking like 2002, 2003 ish. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually when I saw them. But yeah, when I say fifth roll, it's fifth roll from the top. So you're still at U two. I mean, obviously, I know like the hits are cool. Uh, Fear Factory actually has a pretty fun cover of I Will Follow. It's off an album that wasn't reviewed very well, but it was also the first album from them that I bought, like, my own that had just come out. So I'm like, this is amazing. But, and, you know, it's like you listen to the rest of them, it's like, yeah, this is pretty different from all their other albums. So maybe there's a reason people didn't like this one as much. <laughs> yeah, Fear Factory does a lot of off-the-wall covers. So. I love I love their the Gary Newman cover. Is that a Gary Newman or is that an actual car song? I don't remember. It's cars. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I mean. Do, 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 do. Well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's the song that caught cars, but. The song is Cars by Gary Newman. Okay, so it's not by the cars, just Gary Newman. Correct. Okay. Right. Um, There's also a Nir- they did a Nirvana cover. I can listen to that, but that is that was a bonus track on like an EP or something they did. Do you listen to Machine Head much? I've dabbled. The Blackening was a really good album, and I've, I've dabbled in some of like the the old, older songs. They do they do a lot of great fucking covers. So I'm surprised they didn't actually put their out cover a of mes- me- message in message in a bottle. Their cover of message in a bottle was so wild. I'm like, no way. Yeah, and then I'm sitting here again. I'm going to talk about them covering, you know, "Battery" by Metallica, which is fucking dope. Which they did, and it's really good. And they also yeah. covered uh, "Hallowed Be Thy Name." Yep, also very good. Yeah. So, um, Machine Head really kind of slept Have on Alan Manson. Are you a Children of Bodom fan? Were you a Children of Bodom fan? No, but I do. I, the, actually, I think the only song I have by them currently is uh, their Rain and Blood cover. I didn't know they did a Rain and Blood cover, but they have enough. They had enough covers out that they actually put out a like a covers album because it was all a bunch of just covers that they had done. They did like there's like a Poison song on there. There's. Uh, Ramones. 
the their famous Britney Spears cover. They did a cover of "Oops, I Did It Again." Really? Which is how I heard them. Uh, CCR. They do a version of "Looking Out My Back Door." Chilling eleven best covers. That's right. It's eleven of the best covers. So that's. <laughs> they did a lot of covers. I just want to loop around while Tom's googling that. Uh, Danger give, Zone by Kenny Loggins. Are you kidding me? Kenny oh, Tom, Logan. they covers. They, so many covers. In honor of uh, Josh Olsen, you know, thank your local librarian. Follow him at underscore Wingstiff. Um, he writes articles for Slam. He has. If you do, um, I'll share it again on our, uh, our what's it called, our our, our Twitter page, <laughs> our our X profile, if you will. Um, he did an interview with a uh, on the unscripted spectacle, uh, which is with the author of. Um, the latest or the newer Vince McMahon uh, biopic that came out. If I was a better host, like all these like titles and like people's names actually written down, but I don't write shit down. So hmm. Billy Idol, Ghost Riders in the Sky, oh. Andrew WK. They even just ship me out to Boston, talk dirty to me. There we go. You know who else has a? You know who else did a an Andrew WK cover? Drive by Bukaki. Really? They did. A, we want fun. That's awesome. And they also played Get Wet on their special Halloween all covers show. They played. I love this song. Is that coming through at all? No. Oh, that's good and bad. But we're not gonna. We're not. Right. We're not gonna get uh, banhammered from Warner Media. But uh, yes, yeah, some uh, somebody put something in my drink. One of my personal favorite yes. fucking Ramon songs. This song fucking rips. I want to say there's a Kenny Rogers cover on that one too. The see. Uh, Checking in on what condition my condition was in. Oh, shit, really? Oh, yeah, wow. they... Like I said, I was introduced to them with the Britney Spears cover. Yeah, that one's... And then it's like, oh, they actually... And they, uh... Like, I've seen videos of them doing, like, Umbrella by Rihanna Live. They've done, uh... My Heart Will Go On as part of live sets before, too. Damn, shipping up to Boston's not here, but wow! I will have to. I have to pick up some children. Uh, rest in, rest in peace, Lejo. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, I have to pick up some children on Bodum. All right. Um. All right. But this is a wrestling podcast, Will. And uh, if we don't want to go four and a half yeah, hours, let's, let's, we'll, let's circle back around. We're we're looping it back around. Give Josh a follow. Said so I'll share stuff. Um, recently, had an article go up for for Slam about a uh, wrestling comic, the gimmick. 
uh, which is I've been waiting to read because it's only five issues. Issue five comes out soon. So I've been waiting to just sit down and just read through the whole thing. Nice. All right. Yeah, definitely went on a little tangent there. So, yeah, that's make what sure... people actually listen for. Well, we, I mean... we gotta run. We gotta stretch out this runtime so Brendan actually listens to us a little bit. <laughs> that's the reason why usually his questions last. So, but I did keep him up super late last night. So, um, all right. Oh so... yeah. <laughs> wow, I uh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? Alright, so where are we? Just share the mark order. Mark order is currently live, by the way, so you I know we're, as we're recording, you should be listening to that. Because it's Wednesdays, and you know what that means. I do. I do. Alright, so um, I'm going to do Rob's question here first, Will. Um, and so I didn't question of, our question of Dishonor. <laughs> I knew her. Um, but real quick, I do want to shout out Rob guys like we do every week. And Rob, I know I say this every fucking, I'm really going to message you. I might actually do it while I'm on your ear. Um, but there, right, accountability uh, time, Tom, to actually do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm good at my word, so sometimes I'm like eight months late on it. Ask Freed's as we have not done our Punisher review yet, so. Um, or but, how about the mist, Tom? How about the mist review? <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll do it. We're we're gonna we're gonna do it. So it's I mean that's a couple back in the queue a little bit. Uh but it's a, a semi sad day here in a one man meet podcast group uh, time. But uh, Rob re- recent uh, Scottish Juggalo recently released uh, their last episode of Untanking the Territory. They went over Tank Abbott's final match. Um. So I do oh, check. No. So I did put a link here in the show notes. I did start it. I have not finished it, but I will finish it tomorrow morning. Uh, But I just want to shout out those guys. Um, I would love to tell you I listened to every episode. Um, I didn't. I missed a solid chunk of them. But they're they're always a great fucking listen. Um, Such a great thing. So I don't know if we are going to do anything with Sean Sapp. So if we're going to get some Brundon and uh, Rob crossover, because I know um, Brundon's a big Sean Sapp guy. Or Bob Sapp, not Sean Sapp. I'm thinking of Sean Ross Sapp. Jesus fucking Christ, Tom. Uh, Bob Sapp. So, but our question of dishonor, um, pick five members of the Ring of Honor roster to compete in a cooking show where they have to take turns hosting a dinner party. Who are you picking and who would win? Well, I know who's going to win, and I know my first pick. Uh, but, Will, do you got anybody? How, how do we want to run this down? Are we, are we giving our five? Or are we are we going like a one like a one by one thing? Let's do a one by one thing, because I just read this question a couple minutes ago, so it gives me a couple. Obviously, there's one person that came to mind right away, um, and then there's of course another person that comes to mind for pretty much every single question ever asked on the show. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get it out of the way first. Yeah, first thing, <laughs> you're you're trying to put together an entertaining program. You gotta have. Chicken. Not just on the plate, but behind the plate, you gotta have Mark Briscoe. Yeah, uh, some chicken scrapple. 
Um, oh shit! Remind me to get some scrapple. You got to have, have the scrapple with a duck egg. Is scrapple just a Delaware thing? Or do you it's think it's not ex- just a Delaware thing? But it is. It is very big in Delaware. I think I could get it in Virginia. I'll be in Virginia. Probably. I mean, there's places. There's places like around here that you can find it. So it's okay. not super common, but like people do. Kind of look around for our word. All right, Graham. I'll see you here in about uh, six weeks. So find me some scrapple. Um, yeah, I mean Mark Briscoe is an, an obvious choice, just personality-wise, um, for sure. Um, so I think that's both of our first picks. I mean, listen, Mark Briscoe, the national treasure, is literally pretty much the answer to everything. I was trying to go through the roster, and you know, we got a couple of people that come to mind. Um, I mean, how could you not pick Kevin Steen? He was also on my list. Um, I, I want I want to pick a boy that looks like he knows how to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know we could get. I Kevin mean, Steen. I've I've been told famously I I famously had an incident where a customer asked me about how to prepare something or and what was good, and I was giving him my answer like, you know, I'll just take your word for it. You look like you know what a good meal is. Seems like you took it with took that in stride, Will. So, kudos to you. You know, I didn't get to three hundred pounds by not trying, Tom. I still don't think you're three hundred pounds, but that's neither. I tell people either. this isn't from being lazy. This is a cult. This is cultivated. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So I mean, yeah, Kevin Steen doing a poutine party would be awesome. Uh, well, since you're gonna pick Steen, I I mean, well, Elgin, it's not enough personality. Well, we can. There's going to be crossover, right? Because there's only so many people we can really pick. And there's only eight people on the roster, so. Well, our, our I was saying our roster is still pretty slim. I'll uh, my next pick. I'm gonna pick Maria Canellis. Ooh, nice. She's always got. Yeah, she's got reality TV experience. And I feel like... That's right, Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. WWE Raw. <laughs> yeah. That's a good pick, Will. I wouldn't have thought of Marie Canales. What, uh, what kind of dinner would she be hosting? It would definitely be the prettiest one, right? Like, Mark Chicken... Mark Briscoe's would be like... Like I don't our, even know what to say, like a picnic. Like, it's going to be like a brown paper bag. Like, paper plates. One of those greasy brown paper, like one of those greasy brown paper bags where you just kind of like rip the bag open, you know, like, oh, I forgot the silver or yellow, you'll just have to use your hands, all right. <laughs> oh, God. I want to hang out with Mark Briscoe. I definitely do. Like, I want to shake that man's hand big time. I don't know if I'm going to take a detour. How far is Sandy Fork from Washington, D.C.? Okay, well, my next pick... Um, well, it's Marion, right? Because that's the, that's where it actually is, like Marion, Delaware, whatever. No, it's... it's Well, it's something. Maybe. I shouldn't say that for sure. It um, started with an M because they, they bring it up in... They bring it up in which if people haven't watched, they should watch all of Hey EWC. 
all of AEW very funny. Um, but the episode of the Kingdom, the episode of Mark Briscoe. Sandy Fork, Delaware. Sandy Fork is Laurel. I believe they said is the name of the farm. That's right. That's in Laurel. I described. I I uh, I worked with a coworker, one named Mike. Shouts out Mike, uh, who was from Delaware. And when I was talking to him about the Briscoes, he's like, "Where are they supposed to be from?" And I told him, he's like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> Well, it sounds like there's a lot of historic homes and stuff like that. Well, Delaware, you know, that's one of the first states, right? It's the, the first state. Shit, Sandy that's, Forks. That's some OG, some OG colony shit. I mean, it's only two hours from Washington, D.C. Can I cross over the bridge? Oh, Jesus Christ, that goes way down there. Yeah, it's only two hours away. So who's your who's your third pick, Tom? Um, I could see this person obviously is either, and this is more of a 2023 uh, person as opposed to their 2013 personality. Uh, but they're very handsome. They're very personable. Uh, I could see them definitely hosting a party. I could see them being a very good cook. I could see them doing it on Twitch. I'm gonna pick Mr. Adam Cole, baby. You know he. How yeah, he, dare you! He slicks his How hair. How dare you? How dare you pick Tony on You know, I just uh, I'm 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 curious to see where the story goes. Right, so I want to. I'm curious to see how the the the, the friends angle plays out. But how dare you? Well, I mean, Baby. you know, we will see how this goes. So. Um, can I add a destination? Let's switch this. Uh, what's your next pick? So my one? next pick. So we're at number four, right? So my next choice. I'm going to go with, uh, with Tommaso Ciampa. Dude's in great shape. He's probably got some, some mean... Like known as Italian dishes to bust out. Ooh. Well, I don't know if I talked about this on air. I was gonna, or not. I, I was gonna, I was gonna pick Roddy Strong, but Roddy Strong, you know, he'd just have brown rice and grilled chicken, probably. That's that's not too much. Fun. Um, I don't know if I talked about. You know that uh, Tommaso Ciampa's wife is obviously from Milwaukee. Uh, but I know his her parents have a really good big uh, Greek restaurant here. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, he's got his picture all over the place and everything. So, um, interesting. Will very very interesting. Um, how uh, how about you, good sir? Okay, so we're on our third one. Uh, um. <laughs> Try not to pick Matt Taven. I'm trying not to pick Truth Martini. Definitely not picking Tadarius Thomas. I mean, Derry, New Hampshire has a riveting culinary. <laughs> I mean, it's big. Well, I mean, ironically enough, Stanley, Idaho, for being a town of 63 people, has got like eight amazing restaurants. Um, my next pick, 
listen, this kind of sent me down a rabbit hole because I didn't want to pick Tadarius Thomas. But why? I mean, I could just see some good old Southern cooking. Uh, a, a fried chicken, Southern fried chicken uh, meal with Caprice Coleman. He's got the energy. He's got, you know, he'd be a great host. He'd be a great time. Yeah, I'm going to go with Caprice. Do a pick. So do a pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your fucking doors off with my last. It's a food competition, right? Yeah. How could I not pick cheeseburger? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's the low hanging fruit, but it just makes you know, it writes itself, as the kids like to say. So, picture Will's Will's show graphic, right? We got Mark Briscoe, Ken Steen, Maria Kanellis, Cheeseburger, and Tommaso Chum. Who would win? I would would say, I would would probably put money on Maria Kanellis walking away with a win on that one. Yeah, that's what she's got the experience, so. Well, my last pick. Mark Briscoe would probably do really well, or Mark Briscoe would be out like early on and be like, I don't know what happened. It depends on the crowd that tunes in. I think there's a certain time of day. Like, it depends on what time slot he'd be in. Um, Yeah, like Donald Driver winning Dancing with the Stars because he's a you know former Green Bay Packer was a, a good time slot, so. You know, if it's an East Coast friendly time slot, I think Mark Briscoe would have a shot. But um, my last one, uh, which is, you know, charisma personified, is Mr. Well, and once again, not quite as popular as Mark Briscoe, but I'm going to go with Jimmy Jacobs. I, yeah, I just get a very skinny man for the cooking competition. You know, he, he's healthy. Um, I could just see him very, being very good in the in the kitchen. Man, I got Jimmy. I got Jimmy Jacobs winning the whole thing. All right. So I don't know what kind of party you would host. I could see him getting down. I mean, I could just see, you know, being in one of those fancy, trendy restaurants. You know. Yeah, I'm going with Jimmy Jacobs. That's my pick. I'm sticking to it. You can't change my my mind. Comments. Wherever wherever you listen to these episodes, uh, whose whose show you would watch or we are we're past the, the old VCR days where you can only tape one thing at a time. Yeah, you could TiVo all of them. So yeah, uh, but yeah, once again, thank you, Rob. Uh, appreciate the question as always. Uh, make sure you get us our answer on the pin tweet. And we will uh, get you your answer. Did he answer his own question? He did not. I just saw a really funny Mike Tyson gif that someone put on. Oh, wait, that was me. All right. That our, was you. Yeah, you know. All right. Our next one from uh, from the Nattering with E podcast network is, um, did 2013 QT Marshall deserve a run with a title belt? Uh, title belt tag or singles 
And I say, fuck, yes, he did. Um, so you're spoiling it that he doesn't. No, I, I don't know. I'm assuming he doesn't. I don't know for sure, to be honest with you. Uh, with the climate of um, Ring of Honor as it is, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't see him and R.D. Evans winning the tag team titles together, but, you know, maybe a different... You don't think there's a, a future for martial law? There's a future, but I just don't think it includes some gold. Um, but yeah, I mean, QT's a great hand in the ring. Um, he can make anybody look good. He can go with anybody, he can do any kind of style. You know, he's fully invested in his gimmick. Um, he's a great promo. Uh, the whole kit and caboodle. I personally will think that, yes, QT Marshall. If he does not get a title, I do not know for sure. I am assuming. Uh, but he, he totally deserves one. Um, I'm a big QT Marshall fan, at least 2013 Ring of Honor. Uh, for sure. I've really enjoyed everything he's done. So, if it's getting squished I, by, you know, Outlaw Inc. I think... Uh... R.D. Evans is really holding him back right now. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe get to, get to run the tag team. I can't imagine. Uh, Mike Mondo would be fun. You know, Marshall and Mondo. Mondo needs something to do, so now that he's back. So, um, listen, and we tweeted on there. Um, Eric, I think me and you will do a, uh, and we'll obviously, you're more welcome to join. Um, we should review oh, that time. Uh, do that documentary. If they have Tubi, I don't know, Eric, let me know if you have Tubi up in the Canada or not. I don't know if that's up there or not, so. There's Tubi in Canada. Okay. I wasn't sure. If I don't know if it's like Netflix or whatever, where it has different zones or whatever. Offerings. Yeah. But Tubi is definitely available up yonder. My, my friends in the Spinsters of Horror use Tubi a lot. Okay. They they had a they had a segment called Two B Tuesdays. Oh, that's fun. Um, but Will, what do you think of QT Marshall here in 2013 Ring of Honor? If he wasn't shackled with R.D. Evans, I think he could be a good contender for TV title. Yeah. I don't think he's quite ready for like a heavyweight title picture. No. Kind of a bummer he wasn't. In the mix, at least, because he probably could have had a good match. I could see him and Paul London having a fucking banger. But the work rate's there, because he's still he's a little older at this point already, right? I think so. I don't know. I mean, because he, like I said, he got he can cut a promo. He's good in the ring. So I don't know why they're holding him up with. The R.D. Evans stuff. So I see a strong contender for TV title. I think the tag team and the tag team division are way too big for something like martial law to be to kind of be in the running with. Yeah, because Kichi's only 28 at this point in Ring of Honor. Okay. So... So interesting. Thank you, Eric, for your question. Check out, I'd say, you know, now we can say all the podcasts, right? Because he's got yes. 
A plethora. He's got he's got the hockey podcast. He's got the nineties podcast. He's got the the Nattering with E like mothership show. Yeah. Thought he said he has something else that he's in the works with, so he's a busy boy. He's got a really um hopefully I'm not he did mention this on his podcast, so I'm not spoiling or anything, but he's gonna do a music series on uh the music of the Vietnam War, which I thought was a really cool cause he's a big history buff. Um and obviously likes music. So I thought that was a really cool concept. So I was really excited about that. So I'm like I never really thought about that. So I mean all that protest music and the you know, late sixties. Yeah, lots of lots of great music to pick from and call through. So Yeah. So um but yeah, make sure you're checking out um, Nattering with E and all the great shows on there. Um, obviously, you know, Bauerhausen and SJ, former guests of this show, um, and maybe upcoming guests. Um, doing the 90, 90s nostalgias is always kind of a trip. So I had to chuckle that uh, Bauerhausen skipping school to watch Cherry Springer. So I'll just say that. So, um, But, Will, we brought up some books earlier. Uh, but we were trying to do a new segment. We didn't do it last week because, well, well, last week was last week. But uh, we haven't talked about what we've been reading. Uh, what have you been reading lately, Will? Well, not a whole lot. I largely uh, caught up on kind of some backlog stuff that I needed to read as far as comics go. Not as much book books. Um, so, I mean, a lot of comics. I read a series called Hairball. Nice. I was. I said I didn't need the. I said I didn't need the hardcover version that's coming out, but it does have a faux cat fur like hardcover. Well, that's cool. So I kind of do need it. Uh, I started read. I started the um, new Penguin series that's coming out through DC for their Dawn of DC run. Hmm. Um, very cool stuff. I'm interested in seeing where that's going. And I read through, um, now that I had all the issues, a series called The Neighbors. Hmm. It's kind of a... Kind of like a... Like a folk... horror kind of thing. Awesome. Thought they thought it, I thought it built up pretty well, so... Yeah, just kind of smattering of stuff here and there. Um, as in I'm kind of behind on getting through like any kind of novel or short story collection. I mean, I've got books everywhere. <laughs> I haven't, uh, I did a, I did a skim of the new, uh, Brain Buster, the intermission. Oh, nice. Portrait book. Yeah, I, uh, I did yeah. post, oh, I'm sorry. No, um, yeah, I did post this in the Discord. I did finish, uh, I was reading Stephen King's, um, Eyes of the Dragon. It is a, a unique book. It is Dark Tower kind of adjacent. Uh does really kind of address a little bit, uh, actually, well, a lot of Flag, uh, Randall Flagg, who is the main protagonist in uh, one of my favorite books, uh, The Stand, um, which is a good book. But yeah, this is a, a unique one. So basically, uh, the impetus of the book was um, Stephen King's daughter, uh, Tabitha, was 11 at the time. She's like, well, Dad, you write all these cool books and everything, but nothing I can read. So he kind of wrote a young adult fantasy book. And that was this one. Um, a lot. It was critically panned as Stephen King's worst book ever. Um, but personally, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was just Stephen King being Stephen King. 
you know, it was uh, kind of slow going. And then once it picks up, I mean, I think it last read the last pages, a uh, hundred pages in the span of about, you know, four hours, you know, so I really enjoyed it, but I am uh, on this one. I am moving on to uh, the most recent book in the Daniel Silva, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Alon series uh, called the collector, um, which actually I have a first edition autographed copy of, um, all right, but yeah, that's what I've been reading. So, um, but Will, I think we've got one more question of uh, dishonor here, and uh, it is the person that actually named said uh, segment. Um, do you have Brunnens are available here, or I was waiting for the music. <laughs> I had it queued up, but it wasn't my my my. Google Chrome tabs like separated, so I'm like looking. I'm like, where is it? Then I did like the <laughs> album. was like, oh, it's in its own, it's on its own all the way over. So, uh, Brendan's question follow him at Irish Misfit. Dude's all over the place. He he doesn't have time to do his own podcast because he's too busy carrying everybody else's. Yeah, I mean, he's all over and entering with the, he's obviously on the Wizards, um, you know, he was with me last night, uh, me and, you know, the three of us have something coming up next week, um, yeah, Brendan's all over the fucking place, so. So, in our, our group chat, I sent the, the link to a truth or dab that Adam Cole and MJF did ahead of All In, um, and Brendan said... <laughs> You know, it gave him the perfect idea. We get to send MJF back to 2013 Ring of Honor. And he's going to have two programs. Who is he feuding with? Now, real quick, um, before we dive into the question, uh, and I'm kind of stalling here because I'm trying to think here of some people, um, but Will and I were discussing in pre-production um, how good MJF really is. He's really fucking good. Um, I mean, I think he's been in the, in the business for like eight years now. Um, but people forget he can go when he wants to go. Um, you know, and for someone being so despicable, he's actually fucking over as a baby face. I mean, obviously Adam Cole is going to be the one to turn on him. Um, speaking of turning it back to ROH, but I just want to shout out, um, you know, MJF. I did see him back in April 2018 in a four-way scramble match with AC Romero, Larry D, and I think Paco uh, for AAW. Um, and my wife was very smitten with MJF right off the bat, so we got on the MJF train pretty early. Um, but everything I've heard in, in the real life um, from my sources at AAW, seeing MJF is the real deal. Um, works hard. One of those, you know, the first guy in, last guy out. Uh, true student of the game. You know, the whole kit and caboodle. And I got some other information, but if you want that information, you do have to subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, and that way you can be in part of uh, the text message group here. So send us those. That's, that's Skrilla, kids. But uh, sorry, well, a little side function here. So Brendan's answers are number one, he, he picked Steve Carino. Go figure. Said I could see the two of them having great chemistry, but eventually a great blow off match. And his second choice is Davey Richards. He says, I feel this would be kind of a rehash. A little bit of him versus Cena would kind of be fun to watch MJF rip them both apart on the mic 
and then Davy Richards gets pissed and kicks his ass in the ring. Yeah. I mean, Carino makes sense. Um, I mean, this, this is not one of my answers, but it'd be kind of funny. I mean, how would we feel about uh, Adam Cole and MJF, you know, doing this 10 years ago? You know, because, I mean, he would definitely have to be carrying Adam Cole, because, I mean, Adam Cole is not Adam Cole at this point, but we're seeing a little bit of baby, but, um, you know, as, as a baby face, uh, for some odd reason, the first person that popped into my mind was the new angry Mr. Former Prodigy, Michael the Bennett. That was on my mind, too. Uh, you got the whole Boston, New York thing. You can kind of work that in there. You know, uh, Maria would be awesome against uh, him. But uh, I was going to say, like, it'd be fascinating if, it, if the feud was almost more like Maria and MJF. And yeah. Mike Bennett is just like the heavy, basically. Yeah. Well, that was one of mine. So I'll also throw out, I mean, Steen's like an obvious answer, right? Like, obviously, Kevin Steen, we'd want to watch him work with a broom, right? Yeah. But how it, – it'd kind of be a little similar to, like, the Charlie Haas angle with Cheeseburger. But if, like, MJF was brought in and he's like, I've got to wrestle this guy named Cheeseburger, he's like, I'm the greatest wrestler to ever lace up a pair of boots and this is who you're having me waste my time. So, like, what if it was, like, the scrub locker room, basically? He feuds with Cheeseburger, Grizzly Redwood. <laughs> like all these like kind of like schmucky guy like not to say they're schmucks because you know Grizzly Redwood's great yeah and Cheeseburger you know goes on to become world famous CB and Cheeseburger is such a great amazing technical wrestler yeah but like have it, maybe that builds up to a feud between MJF and Mike Mondo. Uh, you know, I was actually just thinking, Mike Mondo, you know, both of them being from, you know, the, the Long Island connection and everything. Um, oh, so Mondo kind of sticking up for the little guys, huh? I won't say the little or guys, sorry, but little. Like, or for, may, yeah. I mean, Grizzly Redwood is a is a little guy. He's not tall. Not tall. No, um, for sure. Um, my My second pick... Uh, this one kind of writes itself. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, but the working man, I mean, obviously we always pick Mark Briscoe for everything. Uh, and we don't pick Jay enough. And uh, Jay, obviously we miss you. I can't believe it's been seven months already. Um, but Jay Briscoe and MGF, the whole I'm better than you than I, than you know it, whole nose up in the air, Mark, you know, Jay Briscoe, salt of the earth as it gets, you know, the down home redneck, you know, automatic rifle shooting, Beer drinking, you know, chicken killer, Jay Briscoe versus uh, the Burberry scarf wearing MJF. So I think MJF and Jay Briscoe would, would be would be money together. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. So Brandon, as always, thank you so much for your question of uh, dishonor, and obviously Rob, um, let's say congratulations on getting through uh, on taking the territory. Do looking forward to some more content from you, and obviously uh, Freeds, thanks for uh, your question of dishonor. But uh, yeah, people, um, you know, so keep those questions coming. We appreciate it. 
Uh, we might need a little help with content here going forward for a couple weeks, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but, Will, real quick, before we get to the main event, I do want to plug our uh, label mates here over at Visionaries Global Media. Um, obviously, I, I Will always tends to forget or mention that I forget my own podcast, but uh, I am doing the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. Speaking of Brundon, uh, Brundon and I and uh, the legendary <laughs> Ref Jerry and my good friend Bucky, uh, the Deathmatch Messiah, did a awesome review of the Insane Eight. Uh, but don't forget over Matt and Graham over at the Good Cop, Bad Cop. Obviously, Graham's a former guest uh, on this show. That was a lot of fun. And uh, shout out to those guys. And then the Brain Buster Boys, Bull and Brett, also both the former guests on this show. Um, and then Brett and JCB over at the Phoenix Splash Podcast. And uh, the Brain Buster Boys. Um, and it sounds like Chris talks game or uh, Dungeons and Junkies is on a little bit of a hiatus. As obviously, Chad's got you know two little kids at home right now. Uh, but yeah, check out and check out that back catalog. I mean, there's a lot of shows that may not be on the network anymore. Uh, shout out to the real TK, my boy Tim King. I uh, used to have his show on there. Um, you know, Godfather Mags had a couple shows on there. So, and there's a lot of uh, VGM adjacent uh, networks like Rob and uh, the One uh, Meets Podcast Network, and uh, also SJP, Cy Powell's uh, Global Media. So make sure you check those out, and make sure you check out all. Uh, these great shows here on the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, enjoy the commercial, and let's check everyone else out on the other side. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps.
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Ladies and germs, it is time for the main event of this episode. Uh, it is Ring of Honor TV episode 102, Will. We are in triple digits. Uh, original air date, August 31st, 2013. Emanating from Providence, Rhode Island. Do you have any fun anecdotes or anything fun about uh, Providence, Rhode Island? I've never been there. Never been to Rhode it's Island or, or Providence in general? I would... I, I'm, I feel... I, I've passed through Rhode Island via the Amtrak, so but I've never actually like ventured to Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah, Rhode Island's a lot of fun. There's a really cool record store that you'd really dig uh, in Providence that my friend Lori took me to. Uh, but ah, shit, it was the ba- it was actually the screensaver on my computer for a while. But there's a really fun, uh, great picture of Faith and I uh, on Narragansett Beach in Rhode Island, um, our first time in the Atlantic Ocean together. Uh, but I have a funny story about Narragansett because when I lived out in Massachusetts, um, is Narragansett beer? And I'm assuming that's up in, that's up by you, right? You got some Narragansett beer up in New Hampshire? It's a yeah. Boston. Okay. Um, I couldn't say Narragansett for the same results for my life of me. So I just called it Nagasaki um, <laughs> beer. Uh, don't, don't ask me why. Um, but yeah, the Midwestern guy hanging out in Massachusetts. But then I was in Ecuador in uh, the middle of fucking nowhere, and we met this girl, and her best friend's dad was the one that ran Narragansett Pier. So I'm in the middle of fucking the banana belt in Ecuador talking to the girl. Yeah, so 
Just a little fun anecdotes here. Nothing to do with the Ring of Honor, but real quick, we just had a couple clips of uh, Jay Lethal beating Sanjay Dutt, uh, like we talked last week. Uh, Dutt looked really good. I think this might actually be my first time seeing Sanjay Dutt wrestle. Um, and I'm going to break down the fourth wall here. I literally watched this show in pre-production. Uh, work out a little late. Uh, so just want to let everyone know. Uh, but we got Nigel and uh, Kevin Kelly on the call. Um, but we got Brian Fury, your boy here, Will. That's right. We're opening, continuing, um, kind of, you know, working against my fears, right, of just getting these tournament matches that we've seen, but we're getting more. You know, we saw the four-way last week, and uh, this week the mat card opens with Brian Fury wrestling for a TV title shot against Matt Taven with the Hoopla Hotties and Truth Martini. Now, do, is Scarlet gone gone, you think? It appears so. Hmm, I mean, we could do some research, but uh, I did look like Brian Fury was billed from Salem, New Hampshire. Is there a, is there a legitimate Salem, New Hampshire, Will? Do you know? Yes, exit 1 on 93. Oh, okay. Is that pretty close to you? I mean, New Hampshire's not that big, so I, I mean, a lot of things like are close. 15 minutes, yeah. Oh, shit, okay. Nice. Um, yeah, That's, and like... Uh, yeah, there's a mall there. There's actually a lot of stuff there, but Salem is a is a pretty hopping place. So that that is a that is a true fact, the Salem, New Hampshire bit. Hmm, interesting. Um, maybe one of these days, uh, Faith and I, the cats, are going to move out to New Hampshire. So it's definitely on our list. But um... just remember that it's not. It is not like uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Okay, I've not been to Salem. Have you ever been to Salem, Massachusetts? It actually, sounds like some. We Fun. we went for my birthday last year because Brandy wanted to go on do a day trip and we had never been. It's so like we went. There's like a house there. Well, there's a couple of, like there's the house from Hocus Pocus you can go like take your picture with. And then we went to like one of the houses where it's supposed to be like this is like what legit like a house was like back in the the witch trialy days kind of thing. It's like a very tiny house. There's some neat shops down there. Um. There's like I bought a record down there. It was That's weird because it's like it's not a it wasn't at like a record store. It was like you go to the front of this other store and they had like a display of records and if you bought one, they had to like write it down and like charge it to this other thing. So it wasn't like its own business. Okay. You know, there's like comic book store. There's like, like restaurants and stuff like that. There's a venue called Koto K O T O. Uh, used to have, I haven't seen any shows advertised lately. We used to have a lot of shows there, like metal shows and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. It's a, uh, it's, it is a little touristy trappy, especially in like that Halloween time, because everybody wants, like everybody wants to go, everybody wants to be spooky, and they want to take the picture like the Hocus Pocus house. It's just not nothing in in that area is like big, so it's like it's gotta mind your elbows <laughs> fair enough fair enough interesting so yeah I was, well um well these days i don't know if we'll have time when we're out there for the eclipse or anything because we'll probably spend a lot of time in maine searching through uh you know stalking stephen king um but hi smokes how you doing you want to come say hi to uncle will 
Nope, you're like, I just want treats, motherfucker. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Brian Fury uh, does get some good offense in. Uh, he looks really good. He's got a nice moveset. I really did enjoy that. Uh, but obviously, every time he gets ahead, there's some interference uh, to the point where uh, Nigel calls in a couple refs to babysit truth. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, Matt Taven hits DDT um, then does the, you know, the shaky, you know, the cocky handshake thing. So uh, match went a little quicker uh, than I would have liked for my taste, Will. I'm obviously, as you're a big Brian Fury fan, I'm assuming you probably yeah, felt the same way. A, we got that same spot where uh, Casey Ryan did the. The head right. scissor. He did the, the frog splash. Yeah. So it's like, if we're just going to start getting this every week, it's like, I want more. Yeah. I know, I, we know he's capable of more. We just want to see. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, something a little different, you know, like Will said, so we're not just getting, you know, tournament matches that we've already watched. Um, and everything, but uh, next a quick promo from Mark Briscoe. Uh, obviously, they kind of show the clip of Rhino bat when uh, Rhino was bashing his skull into the to the mat uh, with the steel chair. Um, I do want to break down the fourth wall here. Um, Ring of Honor did not do a very good job on their camera angles, but Rhino did protect Mark very well with that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Well, so shout out to Rhino for being yeah. fucking for, for being <laughs> professional, you know, for being a fucking professional, you know. Um. But, you know, obviously we're, we not, think, we're not caving in his co-worker's head. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and everything. And uh, I just want to shout out Rhino because he seems like an awesome human being. Um, I know he's been a former senator, but everyone I talked to that's worked with him and met him has been, you know, he's a great dude. So, um, yeah, we get our 855 cash now. I'm going to call them back. I keep meaning to. And then uh, welcome to Sandy Fork. I know well, maybe I'll do a watch along for that. But, Will, this week our uh, texting a p- person is uh, Kevin Steen. Yeah, he he uh, he seems so stoked to be doing this. He's taking it totally seriously. Said so you you might get a picture, you might get a picture of a picture, you might get a picture of a video. He's like, and you might not necessarily want that. <laughs> so um, if you texted ROH to today, I still, or I, however it goes, right? You got to text today to to ROH, yeah, or the number, yeah. You uh. I don't know. I think Kevin Steen's saying that you're going to get him a video of him playing with his hog. Could be. It's um, so easy to hoop while Hottie can do it. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Steen seems to be getting a little bit of fire back. We'll talk about that here, actually, here right now. Um, but, uh, and then next we get a little promo here. Uh, Michael Elgin's put in the locker room on notice. Um, you know, they, they talked about how he was the number one contender and he just didn't want the belt. So he wants his tournament um, and he's going to beat everyone. And then uh, we get a little uh, interruption here from the aforementioned Kevin Steen. Um, yep. Cause he, Elgin says that there's 16 competitors, but he's like, really it's me and 15 other people that should all be scared of me. And uh, Kevin Steen says, uh, liar, liar, pants on fire. That is a direct quote. I am not making that part up. He's like, he well. If you were wearing pants. <laughs> They'd be on fire. Um, and then uh, they kind of go, uh, you know, actually, I don't say they go back and forth, but pretty much Kevin Steen lights them up. You know, everyone said that, you know, Elgin was the one that was going to beat Steen, but uh, in Toronto, he took him. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, and. He's he points out he's like you haven't beaten me, and he's not wrong. And Elgin's like, 
Yeah, but look what it took you. It took you package pile driver off the, the top rope. He's like, I'm not going to let that happen a second time. Yeah, and that was 10 months ago. He's a different man now. Uh, but then uh, Steen is about to retort, and Maria and Michael Bennett come out, and uh, Steen gets on the mic once again says, Hey, Maria. Oh, look, it's Maria and some guy. Um, Steen was just great here. Uh, I love that. And listen, I'm, I'm putting it out here for you high-fivers. Uh, I still want that Kevin Steen convicted guilty t-shirt. Um, I'm just throwing that out there for you. So, um, I don't know if it was a weird camera angle, but it looked like Steen was like four or five inches taller than Elgin. Well, neither one of them are, are terribly tall. So, so Steen, is Elgin that short? I don't know. Um, Elgin is pretty short. Uh, but, uh, Michael Bennett comes out just talking how he was going to leave Ring of Honor. Um, you know, they kept giving him a shot, but they didn't want to give him a shot because he was leaving, blah, 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 right. blah. Right. They, they didn't want to give me a shot because I was leaving. Well, guess what? I am leaving. It's like, so why would they give you the shot if you're just going to leave? Yeah. But and, he uh, says, like, you know, I look at two people who have been given a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances. He's like, he's like you guys are the past, like. It's time to start moving into the future. Yeah. And then uh um I know Will's not a big fan of this, but I am a fan of Chamas Champa's new uh, entrance music. Uh Champa comes in, says a few words, and pieces out. Yeah, um, come goes up to the ring, goes in, grabs the camera guy, says, You're looking at your new world champion, Tomaso Champa, and then he leaves. Yeah. So it was a quick and short, uh, fun little promo. Um, but yeah, Will, before we kind of get in here to our next uh, couple championship matches, is there anything else? I Listen, I did watch this on two times speed. Like, I mean, I finished work when we started recording like 10 minutes later, um, just so you know. So I'm a little unprepared here, so Will's carrying me once again. Uh, but anything else I'm missing, Will? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I know we got a cell phone guy telling us about all the upcoming shows and all that good stuff. So, um, but not a lot of these shows. I, I did are... enjoy the. I enjoyed the bit where like Maria and Mike are supposed to be like selling it, and Mike starts talking. And she's like, Shh, you've, "You've talked enough." <laughs> I miss that. Um, they they just framed it a little weird because of her height and where they how they have like the block with like the the date and time and everything for the event and like kind of cut off like. Half her face. That's awesome. All right. Well, we got a couple of tournament matches here that were uh, all of a sudden we're in a, a new arena here. But uh, the first one, actually, no, it was first ACH versus Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Uh, um, you know, I I wish this match got a little bit longer. Obviously, but uh, ACH um, doesn't get his own music yet. I guess they're still gonna. Um, well, is he still coming out to the do 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 yeah. do 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 do? Um, yeah, that's the ACH song. Well, I mean, I thought it was the Adrenaline Rush song, so I thought it was you know. He he used that before they formed Adrenaline Rush. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, now, so my kind of like how Kyle O'Reilly used Dance Away before Three Dragon was a team. Okay. And now it's Three Dragons. 
Um, yeah, so this is kind of, um, listen, I don't know, listen, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. Listen, it was in Toronto. Um, they were calling for, com- there was a commercial break on the pay-per-view, so that was kind of weird. Uh, promos and everything, but, uh, you know, uh, ACH being ACH, I mean, I swear that motherfucker dove from Niagara Falls because this was filmed in, t- in Toronto. Uh, it's a sweet 450, uh, but ACH misses a dive and Machine Gun hits an ace crusher for the win. And uh, Carl, yeah, Carl Machine Gun Anderson uh, gets the winner of Michael Elgin versus Paul London. Um, I did not do this ju- this match justice even the first time I watched it. Um, no, this is this was a lot. This was definitely worth watching. How do you feel about? Obviously, at this point, it's played out like the RKO cutter things kind of played out. Like the Ace Crusher is what won this match, but I mean. I thought it was going to be over when he, like, kicked him in the face when he was in the corner. And then he did that running powerbomb. Like, I thought that was it. Yeah. Because I'm like, that looks like such a way more devastating move than that Ace Crusher is. But what do I know? I've never been in the ring. I've never taken a bump. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big machine gun guy in, in general, so I might be a little biased, so... Um, yeah, I think I might have to go re go back and, and rewatch that match. So, um, two great guys, obviously, I don't know if they did any work together in Japan or anything, but, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised that Michigan was, was in this tournament and he went over. So, I mean, I guess he's going to be in ring of honor for at least a little while. Uh, but then our main event for TV, uh, Adam Cole versus Mark Briscoe, you know, obviously there's a little bit of feud here, there, um, Oh, so yeah. Um, so this is. I'm uh, watching this. I was a uh, not. <sighs> My notes are super confusing. Basically, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that you know all the how many of these we were gonna do at the pay per view. So, um, but yeah, uh, Mark is a national treasure. Uh, Kevin Kelly is trying to put over this explosive new tag team division. Um, we do kind of see a little bit later. We talked last week about, you know, the, the fucking hot potato in the fucking goddamn tag team belts. But, uh, Mark looked really smooth in this match. I mean, Mark is a great fucking athlete. He's a great fucking wrestler. Um, yeah, and Adam, not, not bad for a guy who had his head smashed in with uh, the chairs, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and kudos to Adam Cole, man, this motherfucker sells those strikes like a goddamn champ. He's not quite Mr. Perfect level. Um, no, Will, I don't know you. Obviously, I know you don't go back and watch much. How familiar are you with Mr. Perfect, by the way? I've seen, like, the vignettes where he, like, throws the basketball, right, and it goes in the hoop, and, like, he, he throws the discus or whatever, and he goes and he, like, runs and catches it. Like, I'm aware of the Mr. Perfect character, but I'm not, like, over the moon about him, if that makes sense. You should see him in the ring. The dude was a fucking stud. Um, him and Ravishing Recruit, I don't know what it is about those those Minnesota boys just sold their fucking asses off in the best way possible. Um, little and I know there. he was I know he was a perfect friend. Yeah. Die, yeah. That's 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 of all the people that died too young, he's definitely one of those ones where, where it could have been what if he would have been he'd be he great. Was a, he was on the plane ride from hell, right? Probably. I think he might have been the one that almost pushed Brock Lesnar out of the plane. That sounds about right. 
He was de- he was definitely if he did what a what what a course he had he had his issues. Yeah, and then of course Brock Lesnar probably would have lived and would have been a fucking icon anyway. So, um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Perfect's definitely kind of like in that Owen Hart, uh, pranksters kind of legend kind of guy. So, I go smoke us. You want to you want to do some scrounging there on Dad's dinner? Um, back to the match here real quick. Uh. Cole had butts Mark, but uh, Mark pushes him off the rope and hits the Stroggy Bowl. Um, but he can't hit the cover because he's a little woozy. Um, and then uh, Sinclair's tending to Mark, but uh, Adam Cole super kicks him uh, and hits a J-Driller for the win. So he's kind of talking a little bit shit here. So Adam Cole kind of getting a little healy. Cool. So, so right. next... So the, the disrespect on that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, so next week it's uh, Jay Lethal versus um, Adam Cole. Well, not next week, but next round. Yes. So uh, we shall see. Um, yeah, what did you think of this match, Will? You know, it's it's a perfectly fine match. I think obviously the the big takeaway from this is Adam Cole winning with a Jay Driller. Not only. You know, putting away a guy who just had a concussion with a pile driver, but his brother's pile driver, the champion who never lost pile driver. Yeah. Um... So I'll be curious to see. I mean, we've seen the match already that we're going to see next week. We saw it at All Star Extravaganza, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they come back around to that. Yeah, we shall see. Um, yeah, and that Cole obviously being a little healy here and everything. So, um, yeah, it's good to kind of see Adam Cole kind of getting, you know, a little bit more comfortable in his skin. But, you know, and Mark, you know, at, you know, obviously you don't want to see anyone get hurt, you know, but uh, it's good to see with, with Jay being out, you know, to give Mark a chance to shine. So, unfortunately, he didn't get the win. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. So, did they announce what matches we're going to see next week? I don't remember them announcing anything besides what uh, tournament matches we're going to see. Okay, we're getting two or three. Do you remember? I believe two. Okay, so hopefully they gave I mean, us some we, fun. We've got to. We we I mean we still got to get through all the first round matches, right? So we still got quite a ways to go. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Shit, but uh, but uh, well, you know, uh, you know, just a quick review. It was a, a solid, you know, episode of TV. Uh, obviously, the questions are dishonor, but uh, we do have a guest uh, that was recently confirmed uh, for next week, so you do have to tune in. Uh, but we'll be doing Ring of Honor episode TV 103 and the pay per view whose name I don't have in front of me. Road to Greatness, right? It's, it's a yeah, it's like a Road to Greatness night one, okay. Where's that out of? I don't remember. Okay, but uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for everybody. Um, you know, obviously, thank you to the Shining Wizards Network, uh, for putting us on and you know getting some great exposure. Uh, you know, thank you to our wives, thank you to our cats, uh, thank you to all the high fivers. Uh, but Will for full train station. Um, as we always do. Uh, is there anything you would like to put over, my friend? Make sure you get me that Josh Olsen link, too. You're going to tweet it out, right? Yes. Follow Josh at underscore working stiff. 
make sure to thank your local librarian. Um, that's what Josh does for the shoot job. He is a librarian. Oh, nice. Okay, I didn't know that. And he's also a... Uh, check out his articles. He He's a big trading card guy. He loves his wrestling trading cards, baseball trading cards. So hit him up, talk some shop, chop it up, if you will. <laughs> I see what you did there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this on there or not, but on our on uh, the wife and I's anniversary trip, we're actually going to a couple different bookstores in a couple different states. So, yeah, one of the main reasons we're going to Knoxville, Tennessee is to see a bookstore Faith wants to see. I knew I married her for a reason, wow. besides the fact she puts up with me, but. So, yeah. Will, um, obviously, I want to put you over. I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, no you need know. for that. I'm sorry, what was that? No need for that. As the name implies, I am too slow. Anyways, high fivers. Uh, we will talk to everybody next week. We got all kinds of ton- uh, content coming up, so make sure you're subscribed, uh, rate and review, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. We'll talk to everybody oh, next week. I, I've, I've got one more thing. I meant to bring this up at the start of the show. I don't, I don't talk about my coworkers by name very often, but I want to talk about my coworker Laura. Oh, Laura's a workhorse. Laura used to work as a nine one one supervisor, and that fascinates me. So I ask her questions about what it was like to be a nine one one supervisor like, all the time. But in the spirit of our show, where olives are brought into question. We were talking about sandwiches and Laura, I have never questioned anything Laura has ever said or done. But Laura told me I've got to try a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. I've heard this before. And she said, she said, no. Okay. So I have never heard it before. She said it's something that her mother gave her and like her siblings growing up, along with tartar sauce sandwiches, which is just bread with tartar sauce on it. But she said her favorite sandwich is the peanut butter and mayo. She said she hasn't had anybody say it's, she's had people say it's not bad, but nobody's been like, ugh. So like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this because. I was talking about how I thought it was weird that people were saying, you got to have a slice of Munster on the peanut butter and jelly. I thought that was weird. Then she comes in with a peanut butter and mayonnaise. I'm like, white, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to imagine what that would be like, but I'm also a crunchy peanut butter guy. So I'm like, imagine crunchy peanut butter with mayo. This is not working for me. Well, um, we could test it out on air next week. If you remind me, I I almost dropped the six dollars on a loaf of gluten free fucking bread to eat it on air tonight. It was like I need a witness that this is a thing that people. I I guess I feel a little better that it's something that you have heard of. You're you. you're aware of such a thing, and, and it's relatively recent um, that I heard this. I'm not sure where. So, but yeah, if you remind me next week, we'll do it on air next week. I don't give a fuck. I'll try. I'll try just about anything as long as there's no grapefruit in it. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, yeah um, ease up with the grapefruit. Grapefruit flavored things are okay, but grapefruit itself is rough. I I, I can't do it. So, um, 
Yeah, and beats. I don't I don't know what it is, so but obviously if you've seen me in person, obviously I don't, you know, turn down much food. So but Will, that was a great ender. Um yeah, we'll get some additional content. I'm I'm down. So um yeah, I got some questions for you off air, but high fivers, we'll talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media Production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning Excellence on a global scale.